0: Good morning. We're learning Aleph and Chelek Chav. And we're learning in the Schuss of all of the Shvuyim, all of those who are abducted should be returned to their homes safely in mind and body. And all those who need a Refor Shalema should be granted a Refor Shalema Miyad. And Hashem should have in us and send us a nest, and there should be just a nest that we don't care how what it looks like. Also, learning in the s'chuzr for Shlema for Rav Yosef Yitzchak Ben Simachasia, and we are learning in honor of great Simchas Orit grandson's bar mitzvah, Chani Rappaport's new granddaughter, Chaya Mushka. The bat mitzvah of Mashi Tarek's granddaughter, Golda Rachel Heisman, and Hanaman's grandson got engaged, uh, his name is Menachem Mendel, to Sarah Leah Brennan. Mazel tov, kilir, er go, should only be, <clears throat> only Simchas. Chayi Sarah, Aleph, Chelek The parashasenu, Maidienu HaKosov, Esach shnois Chayi Sarah, Avraham, Yishmael. Our parsha informs us of the years that Sarah lived, Avraham lived, and Yishmael lived. at the very very beginning, we learn that Sarah lived a hundred years, twenty years, and seven years. Ubesi'ah Parsha, and at the very end, we Avraham. And we learn that avraham lived me'ashana veshivim shana vechamesh shanim 175 years and 70 years and 5 years and we also learn entirely in our parsha be'el shnei chayey yishmael and these are the years of yishmael's life me'ashana veshivim shana veshva shanim he lived 100 years 30 years and 7 years Rashi And regarding these three psukim and their content, we find something unusual in Rashi. Although in each one of these psukim, it says shana or shanim after each value, after the hundreds, after the tens, and after the single digits, But in Rashi's commentary, he treats each one of these three instances differently. In other words, although we have the same thing in the Pasuk, but Rashi does not mirror this consistency in his commentary. And his commentary is different in each case. When Rashi comments on Sarah's years, he he comments, This is why the word Shana is written. It seems to be extraneous to write Shana three times in this Pasuk, but it's written after each value. To tell you, That each one of these has to be expounded upon independently for us to call all the um, lessons that the pasuk wants to teach, and so we learn from this, that when she was 100 years old, she was she was as free of sin as when she was 20. And when she was 20, her beauty was like that of a seven-year-old. That's Rashi's commentary on, on Sarah. Avram. When it comes to Avram, Rashi does something different. He writes, When he was one, when he was at 100, he was like 70. And when he was like 70, he was like five in terms of being free of any um, transgressions. So it seems. the so it seems that his simple intention is to teach us. We, we learn from here that in the case of Avraham, it's not like by Sarah that each time it says Shana, it is expounded upon separately. And we learn two things. We learn about her being. <coughs> bereft of sin and also about her beauty but here by Avram we learn only one um great characteristic that even when he was a hundred he was like when he was 70 and when he was like 70 he was like he was five without any sin at all. And in the third instance, when it comes to Yishmael, Perish mm-hmm. Rashi Rashi does not explain anything. He doesn't even relate to the fact that it says Shana after each value. And the super says, the supra commentaries on Rashi. Go back and forth in trying to analyze and explain why it is that Rashi changes from one pasuk to another. But the says, but in addition to the deficits in each one of these arguments that they set forth, and this is not the time to analyze the different arguments and what they say. The Rebbe says there's a more basic question. But there is a general and underpinning question as stated many times. That is, we see that there's something going on here that is not simple. Because we always learn that Rashi is consistent. And here, even in one Parsha, there's such blatant inconsistency. So, in addition to the fact that this is kind of surprising, Hadvarim, Because every way that these different super commentaries want to explain this way, Rashi could have adopted those explanations. But here's the issue Shinyanai is absukim gam mikra. But Rashi's stated mandate is to explain the Pshat of the Pasuk so that it is understood even to the five-year-old. I'm (inaudible) sorry, to write out his commentary in a clear way. (inaudible) In a way where there are no doubts about what it is that he intends. And since there are doubts, which calls forth so many commentaries to each to offer their explanation. And so we're forced to say, Rashi that what Rashi intends to teach here, So we have to explain, we have to resort to understanding this, that it is clear. Even if it's not at first blush apparent, but it is clear what Rashi's trying to say, and luckily Reb explains how clear it is. An explanation is as follows. Midivrei Rashi When we look at what Rashi writes on Sarah's ears, again lekach Shana bechol klal this is why it says Shana after each value. To tell you that each one has to be expounded separately. Hai knew this means. From this rule that the word Shana written after each value means that each one of these numbers has to be expounded separately, so it's self-understood, so first of all, the Rebbe says, when Rashi gives us this rule, when when he comments on Sarah's years, we have to take that rule and apply it in each case that comes afterwards. And we don't expect Rashi to repeat this because that would be the soft bias of lower expectations. And Rashi expects that we remember what he said, especially if it's in the same Parsha. So Rashi already told us that whenever the Torah says Shana, shano, or shanim, you have to understand each value by itself. Um mei, le, move on. And so once we take this as our... Default understanding. So it's understood. So what Rashi is saying when he says that Avraham was at 100 like he was at 70. We have to understand this, not just that at 100 he was at 70 and at 70 he was like five. He never sinned. Behind limud echad bilvad, and so it's a mistake to think that Rashi is just teaching us one thing about Abraham. Ella but rather, what Rashi is teaching here is an additional limud b'fnei atzma. It's an additional teaching in and of itself. And why doesn't Rashi tell us in full-throated manner in which way was Avram at 70 the way he was at a 100 the reason why Rashi doesn't include it in his commentary is because that part of it that he was at a hundred like he like, that he was at a 100 like he was at 70 is written clearly. And explicitly in the Psukim of the Torah. where Kasher Avraham, ben When Hashem promised Avraham that he was going to have a child from Sarah, the psuk says, Avraham <speaking in Hebrew> said in his heart, Ashana <speaking in Hebrew> I'm gonna have a child at a <speaking in> hundred, <Hebrew> We see from this that Avram wondered how would he be able to have a child at a hundred. Ukeperish Rashi Sham, and Rashi there tells us that beme Avraham nisma kvar. That in the days of Avram we see that people were living shorter; they weren't living the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years of prior generations. Uba Tashus people were weakened. And therefore, Shemiru saying sama ayin. They hurried, they wanted to beat the biological clock, and they hurried to have children at 60 or 70 years old. So, based on this information that Rashi gave us there in Lecha already. It's understood by Pashtos. It's understood simply what Rashi is saying when he says that Avram was at 100 as he was at 70. That although at that time, because of the general weakening of people, people were able to have children only until 70 years old. But this general, global, universal weakening never touched Avram. This is proven from the fact that he he saw he fathered Avram uh, Yishmael when he was 86. And therefore we understand, that although he was a hundred, he remained strong and able to father children and presumably to function in every other way as if he was only 70. And through this, we will better understand what Rashi says in the words that Avram says, will I be able to have a child at 100? He's not questioning how is it possible that he will have a child at 100, but rather it's an ongoing wonder. Do I really deserve? In other words, he never doubted Hashem's capability. He doubted his own ongoing worthiness to have yet this sin occur to him after everything else. Masha in King Sarah, but in contrast, distinction when it came to Sarah, he named me acha lias the Sarah But since the Pasuk says clearly that Sarah ceased to have her menstrual cycle, she had gone into menopause. So naturally, this obviates the possibility of her having children. The and so unlike by Avram, by Sarah. There was an absolute necessity for there to be a miracle. As it says, Is there anything that's impossible for Hashem? Which implies that there has to be a miracle, but for Hashem, that's no big deal. So for her, there had to be a miracle. should be born to her. Ella in But Sarah thought that her husband, too, was unable to father a child, as it says, Sarah, Sarah laughed and said, after I have withered, meaning I have gotten old, I have gone through menopause, and uh, my husband is also old. And once we understand the difference between Avraham and Sarah vis-à-vis the necessary miracle or lack thereof in their parenting, their conceiving Yitzchak, rather. al based on this, this distinction, we can now also explain another big question. Why does Rashi remain silent On the conception and birth of the children that Avram had with Keturah, who is Hagar. This is more than 40 years later after Yitzchak is born. And yet Rashi doesn't comment. Rashi doesn't say that this was a miracle. Because Rashi has already addressed that in our Rashi that we're looking at now, that at hundred Avram was a seventy high tashus ayin. That regarding Avram, there was no weakening of his physical status, and there was no limitation. He was not limited in being able to father children only until the age of 70. Because the weakening of all of the other people at this time had no bearing on him. It did not affect him at all. And therefore he was able to be the father of a child at 100 years, And much later than that, just as we understand when Rashi says without sin. Although Rashi says that at 70 he was without sin just as he was at five. We don't understand this. Oh, when he turned 75, oh, then he was sinful. No, there's no statute of limitations. So just as he remained all of his life without sin, so too did he remain in his full physical strength capacity until the end of his days. Gimel. And again, based on this distinction between Avram and Sarah, that Avram never needed a miracle in order to father, to conceive a child, but Sarah did. We can better understand differences in Rashi's commentary on on further psukim. On the famous words that Sarah breastfed children, but she only had one biological child. So who are the Bonim? Perish Rashi. Rashi explains, that Sarah made a big party. Hey, is so the, um, the imported women of, of that time um, brought their children and Sarah breastfed their children. Why? Shahayu Im because they used to say la Sara, El Sarah never conceived, she never gestated, she never birthed this child. She found some child that was abandoned somewhere and brought this child into her home from the marketplace and is passing it off as her biological child. So that's vis-a-vis Sarah. Vi aukillas parshas but regarding Avram and Yitzchak, we find in the very first pasuk in Parsha it says Avram es Yitzchak, and these words are completely extra because we already the pasuk tells us before this that Yitzchak is Ben Avram. Kasav Rashi, Rashi explains why does the pasuk repeat this? The uh, scoffers, the riffraff of of that time said. Sarah got pregnant from Avimelech. Avram's not the father of this child. Ma baruch So, what did God do to, you know, disabuse people of saying that? Sar chulu. He fashioned Yitzchak in the likeness of Avraham. And seeing that Yitzchak was a carbon copy of Avram, they all had to uh, admit that Avraham was the father of Yitzchak. So there are a number of distinctions here. They don't really parallel each other. By Sarah, Rashi says that it was the creme de la creme, the upper crust of the generation, the important women that said, nah, it can't be Sarah's child. But when it comes to Abraham, but vis-a-vis Avraham, Rashi says it was only the scoffers, the, the lowlifes, the, the people who don't want to be confused with facts, where we are only too aware of, of this demographic today. So why this distinction between Avram and Sarah? move on. And another thing, ma shehinika banim Sarah harezebira rak sheyelda Sarah that ha'yelat ena yasufi aval ein zurayah ben Avram. But what Rashi tells us about that Sarah breastfed children just explains that Sarah is the child. But how is this a proof on Avram being the father? The Imkain. And so therefore, being that this is only a proof on her, because only a woman who had gone through conception and gestation and parturition could lactate in that form. So, they could have still said, these Sarais, these important women, that Avram is a father. Because they knew that Avram was 100. And if he's 100, how is he fathering a child? And actually, the question is greater. The wonder is greater. Because. Because Rashi is basing his his commentary in the Gemara, and in the Gemara, both of these teachings—what Rashi says about Avram and what Rashi says about Sarah—are brought down in one continuum. <speaking in> banim <Hebrew> Sarah, and the words Sarah <speaking in Hebrew> that Sarah um, breastfed children. The Gemara says that all the nations were. Um, scoffing, they were, they were mocking <speaking in Hebrew> that this couple brought a, an abandoned child from the marketplace. <speaking in Hebrew> Avram Avinu went and he invited all the great people of that generation. <speaking in Hebrew> and Sarah invited their wives. <speaking> in <Hebrew> and she nursed all their children. And still these people mocked and scoffed and they said, Just because we're now convinced that Sarah was able to have a child at 90, that means that Avram was able to have a child at 100. Immediately, Hashem changed the the countenance of Yitzchak Change the way he looked to reflect the fact that he was Avram's biological child. So the Gemara gives it to us this way. Rashi changes; you could see many words. Rashi divides it in two, and Rashi says that regarding Avramavinu, Avinu, it was the scoffers. By Sarah, it was presumably the more important women. Have a higher level of cognition, more refinement, and so on and so forth. And they are the ones that are pushing back. But the Rebbe explains, mm-hmm. now we can understand why Rashi rejects the Gemara's thesis that all the nations were scoffing, not just the Low lives, not not just the riffraff, because haya because really the novelty and the wonder in the eyes of the important women was from the beginning only regarding Sarah. Why were they not wondering about Avram? Because regarding her, she clearly went through menopause. So it's not possible for her to conceive a child and gestate and so on and so forth. But a contradistinction In regards to shana. they saw, they witnessed that he had a child at 86 years old. So if he can have a kid at 86, he can have a child at 100. And therefore, in the the eyes of the, let's just say, more refined, smarter, more important people, although we've learned that more important doesn't mean you're smarter, but let's say in those days, there was a correlation there was there was no wonder about avram having gitrak the rock it was only the um, the, the scoffers the, the riffraff the the unmentionable phrase these are people that are not interested in the truth they do not want to be confused with the facts um and they're only looking for things to scoff at. So was this demographic from their place of just wanting to to scoff and not take into account the facts? They were the ones that said Sarah got pregnant from Avimelech. But Hashem wanted to completely obviate even the words that were being said by this demographic. And therefore Hashem made that Yitzchak should look like a carbon copy of Avram. And so everyone had to admit even these scoffers, that Avram was the father of Yitzchak. And it would be nice if we had a a really big nest like this now and everybody would have to admit what is true and what isn't. So now that we've explained what happened in Rashi's perush, why does he digress from what he did by Sarah, because he doesn't have to repeat, because he already taught us what it means when it says Shana shana, or Shanim. And also he doesn't have to tell us in which way Avraham is the same at 70 as he is at 100, because the Torah is telling us the way in which Avraham's uh, physical um, strength and capabilities are in no way diminished. And then the Heber kind of continued to explain some things about the differences in Rashi regarding Avraham and Sarah, And how their parent their uh, parenthood was was proven. Now the Reb is going to address what Rashi does regarding Yishmael. And why doesn't Rashi mirror what he did earlier by the other two? Even though by Yishmael, it says also Shana or Shanim after each value. But why doesn't Rashi do it here? Because again, it's self-understood. Rashi taught us a rule and we need to be consistent with it. Just like what what Rashi told us about Avram, we need to import it here about Yishmael, that he was at thirty, like he was at a hundred, and he was at 30, He was I'm sorry, he was at a hundred like he was at 30, and he was at 30 like he was at 7. Meaning, that at 100, he was as strong as he was at 30, and at 30, Yishmael was as bereft of sin as he was at 7. Meaning, the passage is teaching us, that he did teshuva already from 30 years of age. Ella. but, Al pizet is perish Rashi alasar, but now we need to understand what Rashi does say on this puzzle. On the words ve'eloshnei Chayi Yisrael, cause of Rashi, Rashi writes lama nimnu shnei sefshal Yisrael. Why are the years of Yisrael even recorded in the Torah? Kedei liyaches b'hem shnei sefshal yaches only in order to teach us something about Yaakov's years because again the torah doesn't give us the amount of years that each person lived there has to be a very important reason we understand about Sara Iminu. we understand about avram avinu but ishmael sarashi so says why are the years even mentioned at all and from what Rashi continues to say, he actually doesn't leave us guessing as to what it is we have to learn about Yaakov from Yishmael's years. He tells us we learned from Yishmael's years that Yaakov spent 14 years in the Yeshivas Shemva Ever. V'hainu, this means. shahidaz that rush, that the apostle that the coming to tell us how many years Yishmael lived. It's really not coming to tell us things or to allude to things vis-a-vis Yishmael. But it's coming to tell us important things about the years of Yaakov. chain lefi perish rashi zeh. Okay, good. Okay, beseder. So it's not about Yishmael, it's about Yaakov. But still, why shana or shanim after each value? Ein muvan klal uklal. Lama of shana bechol klal Why does the Pasuk have to write shana or Shunim after each value. So this forces us to say that again, if we are following what the Rebbe is teaching us, that Rashi is always consistent and Rashi expects us to remember what he taught us before. So if Rashi doesn't address explicitly why the word Shana or Shanim follows each value? It is from the beginning, not a question, which is why Rashi does not have to address it. No. After he's taught us what he did regarding Avraham, and what he taught us about Avram was based on the rules that he taught us about Sarah, we need to understand this ourselves. So, the question is not about the Shana and shanim. Why is the Torah spilling ink on Ishmael's ears? Because Ben Chamish Lemikra already understands that the Torah doesn't tell us things in Yanin. We don't just learn concepts, even about people that were very righteous, that were tzaddikim, like Chanoich and that Torah only re- records what is relevant to us. And so the question is, in which way is delineating how long Ishmael lived relevant to us? <speaking in> rashi <Hebrew> And so Rashi answers this question of the Ben Chamish and says, Let me tell you why the terror is telling us how old Yishmael was when he passed. Because there are things, important things, we have to learn about Yaakov Avinu. move on. But based on this, we understand. Shagan, Bahisafa, Shana, Bechol, klal Klal, Ein kavanas hapasuk Rak, Shmael Yishmael, But we understand now based on what Rashi is implying that when it says Shanna or Shonim after each value, it's not like in the case of Sarah and Avraham that it comes to compare the different eras or the different aspects of the principal's lives, whether it's Sarah or Avraham. This would only be another overlay. Because, so yes, you could learn something about Yishmael's years, but the main lesson is vis a vis Yaakov's years. So, what the Pasuk is doing here is comparing every aspect of Yishmael's life to the similar years and values of Yaakov's lives. And while it's true, while it is definitely true, that the inclusion of the word Shana or Shanim after each value does teach us a similar thing to what we learned by Sarah Avraham. But this is not in the main to compare the years of Yishmael, the different eras of his life to each other. And to tell us how great he was in that way, But rather, but rather to tell us something special about Ya'akov. The word Shana or Shanim here, again, is not coming to tell us that we should compare the different parts of Yishmael's life to each other, but rather that we are coming to learn something special about Yaakov. And if you look at footnote 37, the Rebbe says, And now we can understand why Rashi uses the particular term to attribute greatness rather than just to inform us, which could have been something that Rashi would have written. It would have been kind of more in keeping with what's going on here but it's to teach us, but to tell us something very special about Yaakov's years. That all these things that we learn about Yishmael were even more spectacular by Yaakov. And the Rebbe is going to delineate this. We're in Aisha. Hashinui Sheira Itzel Yeshmael beysa bin Kov, who shahayak far bal Teshuba. So what's the big highlight of Ishmael when he's a hundred? That he was a Bal Teshuba. Okay Divri Rashi Bipi Rashim Rashi tells us earlier, Sha Ishmael Asathuva Aid Bhayavram, that when Hashem promised Avram that he was going to pass Biseva Tiva. He was going to live good, happy years. Rashi tells us that this included the fact that he saw Yishmael do tshuva in his lifetime. And Yishmael was 89 when Avram passed. So Rashi is informing us. In our Pasuk, in this week's Parsha, it says about Yishmael, Vayigva, not vayamas. Vayamas means he died. Vayigva is the biblical word specifically for a tzaddik in passing. Loshan This is a term that's used only regarding tzaddikim. Ein and still in all, even though we're taught that Yishmael did tshuva and the Torah Ratifies this by using the word va'yigvah, but lazekol erch Yaakov. But this still doesn't doesn't shine a light in comparison to Yaakov's sitkust, to Yaakov's complete piety and greatness. And then, what's the highlight about Ben Shlashim? What's the greatness of thirty? because 30 is is clearly a time before the waning of the strength that would come later at 70 at 60 or 70. and the Mishnah says Ben at 30 you're you're strong and even a five-year-old can see clearly that a person is at the, the zenith of their strength when they're 30. Um, move on. So it's understood. In addition to the fact that he was, in the aggregate, a very strong person, he hunted everything. But even he, who was, in a global sense, a, a very um, strong person was strongest at 30. And this notwithstanding, even Yishmael's strength doesn't hold a candle to Yaakov's strength. And Rashi comments on this in that famous iconic scene by the well where Yaakov meets all of the shepherds and says, wait, you guys have finished working for the day? Like, what's all this milling around the water cooler here? And they say, well, it's not our fault. We all have to wait for everybody to come, and together we roll off the stone that covers the well. That's our protocol. And yet, when Rachel approaches, the Torah tells us that Yaakov, by himself, unilaterally, just took that boulder off of the well. And he did so and he did it like somebody would pop the cork out of champagne. To teach us, to teach us how strong Yaakov was. He was seventy-seven years old. He was coming to his eightieth years very, you know, shortly, and yet he was able to move that boulder that all the other shepherds would move together on a regular day. And, okay, so we did what's great about him at 100. We did what's great about Yishmael at 30. And in which way Yaakov eclipsed both of those things. But now it gets a little more tricky because what's the, what is the, um, the quality that we attribute to young children, very young children. We learned this already about Avram, that he was at 70 like he was at 5, bereft of any sin. Because we know that children are without sin. That's kind of a global thing. And so we might say, that in this particular aspect, you cannot make a distinction between Yishmael and Yaakov. Children are children. They're all innocent. It would seem that in this respect, they are equal. They were both young children. They are equally innocent. But by saying by giving us the age of Yishmael and Rashi teaching us that this is just to teach us about Yaakov, the Torah is letting us know Ein erach li Yaakov. even in this respect of children being innocent, you cannot compare Yishmael to Yaakov. Etzem Yaakov. Because the very essence and existence of Yaakov he be acher mimitzios Yisrael is just a very different existence from Yishmael who was Ben Ha'ama. He was the son of the the maidservant. He wasn't like Yaakov was, the son of one of the Imahis of of Rivka. O memeila benegel chol davar bechol pratu prat shayne Yaakov legamrei. And therefore, in every conceivable way, in every facet, Yaakov is completely different and is elevated above Yishmael. And now we can understand Rashi's words in a whole new way. Yeah, the, the years of Yishmael are only enumerated. They're only mentioned in the Torah. Inclusive of the extra dimensions that are alluded to by saying Shana three times. It's all about shining light and relating in in an elevated manner to the years of Yaakov Avinu um Sipa, you wanna, you wanna, oh, you to... so you want to you want to shut the what can you hear me